Welcome to What's Your Real Job? If you're in ministry, you've likely heard that question more than you'd like. In this podcast, we discuss all things ministry, the struggles, the triumphs, and even the annoying questions. I'm your host, Rosa Wuku. Let's jump right in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. So today is actually Tuesday. Again, I upload on Tuesdays and Usually I try to record these on Mondays, but I have just been totally off on my days and like just not remembering what day it is. So there's that. But anyway, today I'm just sitting here and um, excited about today's episode. So been a busy week, just, um, you know, kind of in that in-between phase. It's like this this odd phase of quarantine where it's like we're kind of not quarantined, but there's still restrictions and there's like, what can you do? So trying to balance that, you know, my husband and I also are kind of stepping in interim um, to the youth ministry. We've been doing that for a while. We're not stepping in now, but um, we've, we've been doing that. And so that is, you know, one of those things where it's just like, how, what do we do? You know, like, how do we kind of start getting back together, but then kind of not? So anyway, it's just one of those things. And uh, I know a lot of you are going through that as well in ministry or whatever you do. It's just kind of an awkward time, but, you know, we're navigating that. And so anyway, um, yeah, it is um, June 30th. We're almost into July. So um, I'm really curious to know what everybody's doing, like with their churches and everything for the 4th of July. Uh, we are doing like an outdoor kind of get together thing. You know, our town is still doing, um, fireworks. And so, uh, we're kind of going to get together sort of for that. Originally, we were going to watch them in our church's parking lot, but then the location kind of moved due to again, COVID. So, um, you know, we're just kind of playing it by ear at this point. Um, still primarily working from home, but we're in and out. Um, working from home. I feel like I mumbled that, but we are um, kind of going in and out, you know, as needed. And so we were in there today. We'll be in. um, We're going to go tomorrow for a bit for a youth thing. And then um, we're going to be out of town Thursday. We're going to be in Dallas on Thursday. And then um, what else are we going to be doing? Oh, Friday, we have to go back. So every week just kind of looks different for us right now. And so um, I kind of enjoy that, you know, getting to, I mean, um, pretty much, I don't want to say make your own schedule, but kind of, you know, doing that as far as um, going in as needed is definitely, um, I think, helping me to be more productive, and um, I'm really enjoying that. So, anyway, um, today we are going to talk, and I don't know if today's episode is going to be extremely long. Sometimes I have, like, notes just so I don't leave anything out. Sometimes I just, you know, talk, and so today's one of those just talking episodes. Um, but I do want to talk about the art of set pulling or, you know, how we pull sets and things like that. Um, I don't know, you know, everybody does this different. So I don't know if mine is anything revolutionary, but I do have some thoughts on it that I wanted to share. So if you're unfamiliar with uh, music at all, you know, or, um, you know, the worship scene and all of that, maybe you do something else and you're just curious and wanted to listen to this. First of all, thank you. Appreciate that. But, um, you know, secondly, a set, if you don't know, which I know a lot of people do know just from going to concerts and things, but is basically the list of songs, you know, that you're going to do. And so each week as worship pastors, worship leaders, whatever we, you know, call ourselves, every position that maybe has a different name, um, but pretty much the same thing, right? We're pulling sets. And so um, I pull sets uh, week to week. I know some people do them like months in advance and just whatever works at your church. And I've done it kind of different ways. And 
you know, if we're going to pull like a huge set for like a night of worship, I do pull um, about a month in advance, but uh, sometimes more just depending on how much time I have, you know, I had how much time I know about it ahead of time. But so anyway, um, as far as our weekly sets, I do plan week to week. So I'll talk a little bit about how I plan the set and then I'll talk a little bit about um, new songs and introducing that because I think that goes hand in hand. So for us personally, um, we pull sets um, like I said, at the beginning of the week, so put we send the sets out on Monday. Um, and so we actually, at this church that I'm currently at, we're not having a midweek service, or a midweek service, sorry, we're not having midweek service right now because, again, COVID, but we're not having a midweek practice, which I've had that before. I've always had that before, and at churches that haven't, I've always implemented that because I do love a good midweek practice. I think it's very helpful and beneficial but we're not currently doing that at this church. So it actually does give them the entire week um, to kind of learn things. And again, we don't just do like straight new songs. We do, um, you know, basically at most we'll put one new song in unless there might be a simple new tag or something. But um, so anyway, I'll talk about new songs in a minute. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But as far as set planning goes, one question that I always kind of get and run into, and it's something that I've actually done before is um, do I kind of theme my sets, right? Do I kind of uh, put it along with the theme of whatever the lead pastor is speaking about? So I have actually done this in the past, and it's something that, you know, some lead pastors um, basically require that. So, you know, some of them are like, here's my sermon, here's, you know, maybe you'll get to see the whole sermon, maybe it'll just be like a very short cliff note of <laughs> what it's going to be about, and then plan the set around that. So um, that is, you know, sometimes an easy thing to do, sometimes very difficult. So it just depends on the week. Um, but I have done that a lot in the past and, um, you know, at previous churches and things like that. And so I'm actually going to share why I don't prefer doing it that way. And um, everybody's different. So I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong because I don't think there is. Um, but I'm going to share my personal opinion. And I've actually seen some others speak out about this on worship pages and groups that I'm in. And so I think that's kind of really what started um, registering with me of why I always felt the way that I felt about it. Um, but really one reason is because I don't want worship to be like the, you know, pre, you know, pre-show or something like that to the rest of the service. I don't want the worship time, which meaning the music part, you know, because it's all worship, but I don't want just the music portion of a church service to be like the pre-show for the the good part or the pre-show to the big part. And I think sometimes we kind of treat it that way. I think that that portion on its own is a standalone portion and really should be in a way separated. Now, all of it, you know, plays together and it all flows together, but I'm not, I don't like being limited by, okay, this is a very specific sermon, so you can't do any of the other songs you're feeling led to do because you need to do this very specific thing. Some of them are very specific. And so, you know, because of that, I feel like we're just kind of gearing everybody up for the sermon, when in reality, I think worship itself needs to be standalone. It should be enough, you know, to be able to be standalone. A sermon is incredible. I mean, you know, we need that as well. But I think that they both go hand in hand. But I think that worship shouldn't just be some type of pre-concert, you know, to the rest of the service. And I think sometimes we do treat it that way. And so that's kind of one reason that I don't like to do it. Um, but of course, you know, as worship pastors, we um, we do what our lead pastor asks us to do. So if that's something you're asked to do, um, you know, if it really bothers you, of course, have a conversation there. Communication is very important. But, um, you know, there is a way to do that and still be led by the Spirit and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely possible. I've done that before. Um, but I do feel 
for me that it's kind of, um, you know, a little bit, um, I don't know, kind of just a little bit limiting um, in that way. And, and let me know. I mean, I don't know if you, you feel that way or not. I know everybody probably feels different about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, that's kind of why I don't prefer theming it. Now, currently, my lead pastor doesn't ask me to or doesn't expect that. Another thing that a lot of pastors expect is to have the sets approved. So that's another thing that is very sometimes complicated. And it can actually be a little more complicated. And I mean this in total love, okay? But it can be a little more complicated if your lead pastor is not also a worship pastor or not also musically inclined or doesn't lead worship. I don't mean that in any negative way other than sometimes it's a little bit, um, maybe they don't understand how songs work together. Maybe they don't understand how this certain new song that they want you to do so badly, it probably won't work. Um, So I think as worship pastors, we have more of an understanding because that is our specialty. Um, it's kind of like a surgeon, you know, if you ha- if you ask a neurosurgeon something about cardio, you know, they might know a little bit, but they're not going to know everything, you know, that maybe a specialist would know. So that's kind of the way that I look at that. Of course, if a lead pastor is also musically inclined and has also led worship before, that's a little bit different, but it can be um, a little bit stressful in that way. So again, you just have to, um, you know, listen to what your pastor's expecting out of you and have open communication there. But um, those are kind of my thoughts on theming a set. Now, as far as new songs go, um, you know, we do, I do like to incorporate new songs, honestly, probably more than what a lot of churches do. I see a lot of churches that say that they only do a very, very few amount a year. And I do like to incorporate them. I think, you know, it keeps people Uh, engaged. I think, you know, if you're listening to a radio or something like that, you know, a good station is playing new things and playing different things. And that's what I like to hear. And even if they don't know it, you know, by heart, obviously not going to first time, um, I think it does kind of grab attention. And so um, what I do with new songs, though, and this is something that I know a lot of worship pastors do, um, I will actually do a song one week and then, you know, that's, that's kind of the debut week. And then I'll do it again the following week. Um, so I do it two weeks in a row if it's new and then I'll take a break and then kind of bring it back in, whether it's that, you know, one week break and then bring it back depending on the song and depending on the week. So, um, you know, that there's really kind of a science to all of this and really kind of whatever works for you. I know some people like to do it three weeks on, take it off for a couple weeks and then back on, but I think it's important to kind of, um, continuously, you know, get it in people's heads and, Hopefully your people are listening to this this music outside of church. That's always helpful. But, um, you know, it's important to get this in their heads. Another thing I've heard people doing, um, and we do this, you know, occasionally as well, is putting the the new song. We do it all the time, not occasionally, but not always before we do the song. But put the new songs in your pre-service, you know, playlist uh, so that they're going. Even if people don't realize they're listening to it or don't really think about what it is that they're hearing they hear it and, um, you know, they're, they're kind of getting that in their brain, even if they don't realize it. So that's kind of a good trick. Um, so that's kind of, you know, new songs can always be a little bit awkward, you know, depending on where you're at, especially if your, your specific congregation maybe takes a little encouragement for that energy level to be there. It can always be difficult, but, um, you know, you just have to go about it, not treat it like it's a new song. Um, I also try, and I know a lot of people don't really do this, but I actually don't normally, occasionally I will, but I don't normally specify that it's a new song. I feel like for some people that might even make them check out because I don't know these words, you know, whatever, I'm not going to pay attention. 
but I don't really specify that it's a new song. I normally will just go into it. Um, if I do specify, I used to do this occasionally, I would teach them a certain part. Say it was a really, really wordy part, you know, but the chorus was real simple. I would teach them the chorus real quick before we actually start the song. I think that's a fun trick. That way there's one part of the song that they know really well. And, you know, when you get to that part, they're excited about that part and it's kind of making them wait for that part. And so that's one thing you can do. But generally speaking, um, especially because a lot of worship music, honestly, is pretty simple. I don't jump out the gates with here's a new song. You know, I've done that a couple times, but um, generally I don't. So anyway, that's kind of some thoughts about, you know, new songs and it can always be, um, you know, tricky. New songs can give you, they can give you that deer in headlights look, you know, that we've all seen and it can feel very uncomfortable or you can put out a new song and debut a new song that is just like, they just take off with it. I remember the first week we did the song Champion from Bethel. Um, it's kind of wordy and kind of, you know, there's a lot to it. It is one of my absolute favorite songs, don't get me wrong, but it is something that I thought maybe the first time might be awkward with them. And we did it and they just like obsessed instantly. Like they love that song. Every time we do it, they just scream at the beginning and they love it. And so it's going to depend entirely on your congregation, on the style that they like. So definitely don't limit yourself to, oh, this is a different style or this might not be something that they like. I mean, if you're feeling led to do a song, it's really not about whether or not they like it anyway. And I think we have to teach our people that, you know, at one point. So anyway, that's just kind of some thoughts on, you know, that whole thing. As far as how I plan sets, um, I'll be honest with you, I don't have like a certain method other than um, I do like as best as I can to make them flow together as far as our transitions are pretty much always, unless it's something very specific, pretty much always done by our pad. Our pad player does the transitions. And so I like for it to be transitional keys, you know, where they like say we're going from D to G, that's a good one or the opposite, you know, vice versa, um, because they have common chords. Now I will tell you, I don't say no to a song just because it doesn't flow like that. Because I think you can always do the good old end it big somehow, ring it out, make them clap, you know, that whole deal. And then you can go to the next song. So that's always a backup option. But I do, if it's at all possible, like to be able to flow straight through. Um, so that's just kind of like a personal preference thing. So I look at that as best I can. If I'm feeling totally led in one direction, though, and the keys don't go together, we make it work. So I don't let that limit me, but I do try to use it to my advantage when it's possible. So um, I do, you know, just kind of sit down. I just pray over, you know, what what is God saying this, that week? Some weeks are a lot easier than others, let me tell you. Some weeks I sit down and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm ever going to do. A lot of the time I have songs in advance um, already laid out in my, like mentally or even in my notes. Um, so that kind of thing is easier, um, you know, when I have that ahead of time. But so I just kind of sit down, uh, look at some transitional keys, what would go together well. I look at who's going to lead what. And I try, you know, some weeks I lead everything, but most weeks I try to split up the leading and I try to have some of our other uh, singers lead something. So I look at who, whose voice would better match what song and try to make that fair. You know, I would try to try to split that up fairly. Um, of course, you know, everybody can't lead a song every week, but I do try to split it up the best that I can. So that's another thing I have to think about. Um, and then you have to think about who's in town that week. You know, what would, if it's a song that really is just better with electric guitar and your electric player is out, maybe kind of wait on that song. Again, though, there are ways around that. Keys can play some electric parts. It won't sound the same, but you can change it up. Um, you can 
really be creative and not get stuck in this box of making the song sound like the recording because everybody's already heard that, but they haven't heard your version. So make your own version of the song and make it unique. Not that there's anything wrong with the original, but it's already out there. So I always like to change things up the best that I can, um, you know, and just kind of not make it so repetitive. Even each time we do a song, I may change a little something just to tag something on or something small just to change things up a little bit. I like change. I like to do new stuff and all that kind of thing. So I know that set planning can really be, um, you know, a complicated and complex topic. Um, You know, another thing I like to do, even though I don't theme, you know, with the sermon necessarily. Now, God is really cool. And a lot of the time it does end up just really um, flowing together super well. Um, but you know, if I don't, another thing about the sermon, uh, set planning that I want to add in there is if you have to theme it up, it's difficult because a lot of lead pastors don't get their sermon to you as early as you would like to get the set to your team. So that also throws a wrench in things. Nobody's fault. It's just one of those things. Um, so anyway, as I was saying, you know, about set planning can be complicated. Um, I don't even remember where I was going with that, but set planning can be, um, really, really complicated. And, um, as you are kind of navigating this, it's really important to just kind of, um, you know, assess kind of what you're doing and, oh, the theming up. That's what I was talking about. So I don't really theme up with a sermon, but I do sometimes like for the set and, and really all the time in its own way, like for the set to tell a certain story, you know, so you might start um, with a big welcome song. You might start kind of joyful. You might kind of go, you know, to something maybe a little bit more deep, but still kind of shouty, you know, in the middle. And then you might go to something a little bit more just chill at the very end. So maybe even just dynamically telling the story of, you know, excitement into maybe a deeper moment. Sometimes you have to kind of gradually get them there. Some weeks, though, I'm feeling like, hey, we're just going to jump straight into it. So you just have to be in tune with what the Spirit is saying and with what He is um, leading you to do. And He's always right. So, you know, above any... um, any advice that you get or any training that you listen to or anything like that, you know, listen to the spirit, uh, be in tune with what he has to say, not just for set planning, but live in tune with what he's saying. Um, Teach yourself, train yourself to be in tune with what he's saying. If he's telling you to put the cart back and don't leave it and don't leave it in the wrong spot or in the store, sometimes I'll want to put something in the wrong spot and I will just get this quickness in my spirit of like, I'm not supposed to do that. I need to put this in the right spot because there's people that work here and they, their job doesn't need to be harder because of me. It's that kind of stuff that I think you have to be in tune with what he's saying because he's always speaking. We just aren't always listening. So leading, you know, worship is very similar to that. God is moving and he's speaking. He hasn't just, he hasn't just shut his mouth. Like he's still speaking. We just sometimes maybe aren't listening to that. So he has a perfect set for each week. And I'm just being in tune with that and being in prayer with what he says. Even if some weeks it doesn't make sense, it's an incredible journey. And it's an incredibly exciting time, um, you know, to, yeah, it's just super exciting to um, just get the privilege of leading his people in his presence. I mean, what a cool job, you know, obviously there's, you know, other areas besides just the onstage part, but being able to pastor a team and pastor people. And, um, it's just such an incredible privilege. So 
anyway, yeah, set planning, you know, can be difficult, but I think as you do it, it does get easier. I remember as a super young, I mean, I'm still honestly super young, but (laughs) as like a high school worship leader, you know, when I was like 16, I remember set planning being intimidating and it was like, what in the world? How do I, you know, lead people in the presence of God? And I got like three or four songs, you know, that I'm, I'm for my time that I'm allotted. Allotted time is another thing that can make set planning difficult. You know, what, what can I do? (laughs) What can I do in this amount of time? You know, it's like, I want to get them somewhere deep, but by that point, we're going to be out of time. So one of the biggest challenges for me has always been, um, you know, allotting that time properly. And so for me, I honestly try to spend the least time on an upbeat song. Now, I know everybody's different and I love fast. I love all that. But I just really try to get kind of through that part get the openers out of the way and then really allow for some time to sit. And so a lot of the time I'll shorten the set even a little bit, maybe do one less song and allow for some time for the presence of God to just move and just, you know, do something kind of unplanned because I'm all about those spontaneous moments. And I think sometimes without a lot of time, you can feel limited. But I just allow for some extra time, you know, hey, we're going to end here. We're not going to do this whole song and we're just going to let we're going to let it flow for a little bit. Play these same chords over and over. Still direct your team. But that's something that I love to do for that allotted time. Maybe you have 20 minutes, something like that, 30, something like that. I know 20, 25 is pretty common. Um, you know, so, and I know some people go way longer, so it depends, but it can be really, uh, you know, stressful of like, oh my gosh, I just got to that moment and then I had to end. And I know what that feels like, trust me. So I totally recommend shortening your set rather than lengthening it. You don't want your full set to go the full length of the allotted time that you have. So if you're, if you're somebody that's in a denomination, a part of a church that wants that flowiness, you want to actually maybe cut back on your actual set time and allow for some extra time. So I always add the extra time in mentally when I'm preparing the set. So I try not to do more than like two actually long songs. And then I'll add another, you know, uh, shorter song, something like that. I tag. I tag a lot of stuff on and do things repeatedly just to allow for that time. So that's something that I feel like is really helpful. If you have 20 minutes, you don't want to put enough songs to take up 20 minutes, right? You want to put enough songs that are going to take up maybe, you know, 14, 15 minutes and you're going to have the rest of the time to just flow. That might be uh, separated throughout the set, maybe not just all at one time, or it might be all at one time. So you want to kind of allow for that. So that's something that's been super helpful for me. Um, But yeah, I think just as the weeks go by, like I said, when I was like 16, it was so intimidating. Like, how do I do this? It's like such a big job. It feels like so much pressure leading people into the presence of God. Like it's huge, you know, and it is, and it should be taken seriously. But God is just so good and he's shown so much grace and, um, or he's shown, he's shown so much grace and really just led me, you know, as I lead others, he is leading me and I couldn't do that without him. And so I think before we ever try to pull a set, before we ever try to put a list of songs together, we say, God, I'm, su- I'm submitted to you. I surrender to you. God, just have your way in this set and the service in my life. Do what you only you can do. And um, that's how it starts. You know, it starts with humility, not, oh, this is a cool song. I want to do it. Nothing wrong with, you know, liking songs, but um, it starts with, okay, what do you want? And then we, we talk about the rest. But what are you saying right now? And it might be different than what you'd expected. It might be shorter. 
you might be allowing for more spontaneous time that week. So it's really more than just songs. There's there's moments, you know, where God wants to heal. And if we're not listening, we might be on a totally awkward song to allow for a healing moment to take place. Now, again, he can do it no matter what the music is. But I do think that music is a beautiful artistic component that can really set the atmosphere for these things God wants to do and he uses it in that way. And so we want to make sure, okay, if God's wanting to heal somebody and perform a miracle, I don't need to be on, you know, this this wild song that has, you know what I mean? It's nothing to do with that, really. I need to be in that moment. I need to be with God. I need to be where he is. And so having that, um, you know, in tune with this, being in tune with the spirit is really just about spending time with him, talking to him, hearing what he has to say, listening for him, even if it, we're not hearing anything, still listening. And I think it's really important. So Anyway, um, those are just a few of my thoughts, you know, on set planning. I know everybody does it different and there's always stuff to learn. Um, but I hope you guys are doing well throughout this, you know, time of, I, I don't even know if I call it quarantine anymore, but time of do I wear my mask or not? You know, it's like that awkward time of like, do I wear it in the store? Do I not? Should I always wear it? I Nobody knows. So it's confusing and it's difficult. And navigating ministry is obviously very complicated during this time. But I know and I trust that y'all are doing amazing with it and just know that you're doing what you can do. And some days you just can't do anything more than that. You know, some days it's just this is the situation we're in and we have to make the best of that. And God is still moving. He's still God and he's still bigger. So anyway, thank you so much for listening and taking the time. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Be blessed, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time.